Oh, I, oh, I start. It's up to you. Do you want to start? I'll start. I'll start. Welcome to One More Thing with Jay and Robert. I'm Jay. And I'm Robert. One More Thing is a podcast that examines and celebrates pop culture through an LGBTQ plus lens. Wow, hello. Hello. Ooh, I'm so excited. I'm excited too. Welcome to season five. Welcome to season five. We are recording this hours before it is released to you. So we have the most up-to-date, ready-to-go news that's ever happened. That made no sense. (laughs) New listeners, ignore that. I guess the the thing about the season is that we've been preparing for season five for essentially the last two years. Yeah. Um, so a lot of these episodes we've been working on forever and this one is coming to you fresh. Yeah. But we've missed you. I guess the last actual episode of the podcast, like real deal episode, was probably pre-pandemic. It was, yeah. Because, well, let me scroll back in. Apple Podcasts. Plug, we, Apple Podcasts. <laughs> we we did Posecast, obviously, and we had our pandemic episodes. The last actual episode we did was The Thingies. Yeah, yeah. And before that, it was the Vita and Virginia Movie Club, which no one listened to. <laughs> I asked friends of mine today, oh, have you ever seen Vita and Virginia? And they're like, no. And I'm like, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I actually referenced that movie the other day in talking about, um, I was talking about it with a coworker after the queen died. I brought up Elizabeth Debicki playing Princess Diana and we were talking about the height that she is in movies. And I was like, oh, it's funny because in Vita and Virginia, when you see them next to each other, there's not that big of a height difference. But then when you see like only Elizabeth, you can tell that she's towering over everybody. And I would just want to see ever like all of her co-stars like up on a little soapbox. Yeah, like Tom um, Cruise. <laughs> and he was like, wow, we should we should put Elizabeth Debicki in more things. And I was like, go watch Vita and Virginia. It should maybe still be on Hulu. It is on Hulu. I yes, it is on Hulu. And we have, you know, exciting things happening this season with the movie club, but we'll talk about that later. Speaking of how it's been two years since we last released an episode, and we were doing quarantine episodes, but it's been two years since we released a quarantine episode. So there's been a lot of like news that we have maybe talked about a little bit on Patreon or on social media, but there are some pretty big things that have happened that we haven't been able to cover. So we thought we would talk about the top 10 and by top 10, I mean, first 10 that I thought of when I was writing this script, news stories that have happened in the last two years. And this is just the order I thought of them. This is not the importance. Okay. Yeah. So first, believe it or not, we were not releasing episodes when Elliot Page came out as trans. One of the weirdest things for us to not have a full episode about. Yes. Um, Especially coming after us doing a whole deep dive into the Umbrella Academy. Right. I am curious, uh, you and I, obviously, you and I have spoken about Elliot Page. (laughs) (laughs) 
we have sent each other thirst traps. <laughs> we've done it. But we've never actually talked about like, how did, what was your reaction when Elliot Page came out and like the thing, the things that followed the coming out? Because I feel like Elliot like came out and then started dropping images of like their new found self. And then we went into the Umbrella Academy and what happened with, with that. But I never actually got what you thought. I remember very distinctly, I was at the job I was working during the pandemic and our mutual friend, Susanna, sent me the post, like the tweet of Elliot Page's statement being like, my name is Elliot, I'm trans. And I remember I looked at it and I was like, I don't know who this is. I don't know an Elliot. And I texted Susanna and I was like, I don't know who this is. And they texted back and they were like, look again. And I looked again and I was like, oh my God. And I had a meltdown at work and I ran around and I actually at that job had another transmasculine coworker. And I like ran up to him and I was like, you're never going to believe it. And he was like, what? And I was like, Elliot Page is trans. And he was like, who? And I was like, Elliot Page. And he was like, who? And then I showed him the post and he was like, oh, okay, cool. And I was like, you don't understand. This is, this is huge. It really is. And I can't really explain why, yeah. if that makes sense. I think it's just because we, you know, we, you and I, and no one else have loved Elliot Page from forever ago. I feel like Juno came out at a really pivotal moment in like our generation. And then, I mean, we have Whip It. (laughs) Incredible movie. So much lesbian energy. Drew Barrymore's finest directorial Mm -hmm. debut, right? I think so, yeah. I mean, you and I covered, I mean, I talked a lot about gaycation. (laughs) And how much that meant. And I just, it's weird to say, but I never would have expected it. I I know like as a, as somebody very far removed from them personally, but it felt so right that I was like surprised and also not surprised. Yeah. I actually am realizing you saying that we have loved Elliot Page for so long. When I was in high school, a couple of my friends and I had an Elliot Page themed party where we all dressed up as different versions of him Mm -hmm. and one of the guests was nancy joe official who is literally going to be on the podcast in two weeks (laughs) (laughs) and we should have asked her about that but i wasn't thinking of it oh my gosh do we call her now (laughs) that is amazing what elliot page did you go as i was juno very cute what did you wear the striped orange and white shirt and I had a basketball oh that's very cute what did um what did Nancy go as don't remember any of the other ones (laughs) did you like watch Juno yeah we watched a bunch of movies that's so cute I've always wanted to do that since um that episode of the Mindy Project where she does the Meryl Street party yeah how has this never come up (laughs) (laughs) I don't know it it, and it also wasn't like a party there were like four of us but you know, mm-hmm. I really love that we have this and then this kind of representation in like the entertainment world and that it immediately went into Elliot having jobs and yeah, going into the Umbrella Academy where, okay, I tried to watch the new season. I like really did, <laughs> but it was not as gripping as the last season. And, you know, maybe at some point in my lifetime, I will finish it. But as of today... I haven't. 
<laughs> but I did get to see like how they introduce uh, this character, like reintroduce this character in yeah. the new season. Um, what did you think about it? I thought it was really good. Yeah. I, I. It was like, I mean, I obviously, spoiler alert, when we did the Umbrella Academy episode, I didn't watch the Umbrella Academy, okay? <laughs> Marin, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Marin. I watched Marin's scenes and I did not watch the rest of it. Um, so I don't really know a lot about those characters, but I don't know. It felt like to me, very true that they would just be like, okay, Hey, Victor, like moving on. I think that you're right in that there's a lot of power in the simplicity of it, instead of them trying to make it like a big ordeal that just kind of introducing it and moving past it, but not shying away from like how special of a moment that was, was chef's kiss. So should we move on to story number two? Yeah. Um, So we have some gay rom-coms in our um, canon now. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it would be remiss to not talk about them because if we were airing while these things were happening, we would have covered them. Um, So here's some backstory. Jay and I actually went to the premiere of Fire Island. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with um with the cast and the creative team and a whole bunch of drag queens and like essentially every gay entertainment media person was in this theater how we ended up there i think we just bought tickets we just bought tickets <laughs> we were not invited that is i want to point that out because this is in no way endorsed or are we involved with that movie at all <laughs> we paid yeah, no. to be there <laughs> And then we also have Bros, which is about to come out. And I feel like, I don't know, at least I definitely have opinions about it already. But here's just a spoiler alert on the Fire Island conversation. I loved it and Jay did not. <laughs> I thought you didn't like it. In the, I, There are definitely things about it that bother me. But I don't know. I've seen it like 40 times now. Okay. It's now my like my bedtime movie where I'll, I'll put it on and I'll usually fall asleep before they get to Fire Island. I see. Which is like five <laughs> minutes into the movie. Yeah. I think that a lot of my love for it doesn't come out of the actual movie because you and I stood out outside that theater for a long time and talked about the things we did not like. And I think it comes from more of a thirst for that kind of content at that level. Where now, like, obviously there are other queer rom-coms that you can go watch, but to see one that I can just, like, throw on Hulu with, that's, like, modern and fun, I really appreciate. Would I have redone some things? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And it's kind of ushered in this, like, new cast of, like, queer, like, gay celebrities into the mist instead of clinging on to Matt Bomer and the people who have been problematic for the last few years or just like Neil Patrick Harris, which we're all over. (laughs) We're now like, oh, I can go follow these other people. Like, oh my gosh, what's their name? The non-binary gay who's like really feminine in the movie who plays one of the like dumb sisters. Yeah. Um, Obsessed, obsessed. And so those are definitely the things that I liked about it. Before moving on to bros, I want everybody to hear your opinions on Fire Island. Okay. I definitely agree with you that it's like just a light, fun thing to like watch when you're going to bed. I just, 
in my opinion, I thought the script was so bad. And now we're never going to get any of the cast on the podcast. But like, I just thought that it was not well written. And I thought that Bo and Yang was really funny, but couldn't handle the dramatic scenes. And I thought Joel Kim Booster was like fine, but not like incredible. And like clearly what is a stand-up comedian doing acting. And I don't know, I just, it wasn't what I hoped it would be. And those are Jay's hot takes. That's, <laughs> yeah. If you want to know more, DM me. <laughs> I feel like there are a lot of different ways that that movie can be watched. Like there, there's a, there is a world where I could sit down with somebody who's like a Jane Austen Pride and Prejudice fanatic. And I'm sure that they would also hate it. Not saying that those opinions are a parallel, but like, I think there is an equal space to enjoy it for what it is and equal space to actively criticize it. <laughs> Well, my mom is a Pride and Prejudice fanatic. My mom literally majored in Jane Austen's writing. Oh my gosh, and I didn't Pride know that. Pride and Prejudice is her favorite book. Wow, I've never read, actually. Have you, have you seen the Kira Knightley or the no. Colin Firth? Okay. Um, I've, I've seen pieces of the Kira Knightley and Colin Firth one. Um, I know movies. Oh, the Kira Knightley one I've seen pieces of, but I know people do not prefer that version, that they prefer the other one. Yeah. Um, is that Kate Winslet or is that Sense and Sensibility? Uh, I don't think Kate Winslet is in any Jane Austen movie. Emma Thompson is in Sense and Sensibility. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Um, uh, but that's all, that's all I know. And I know like the general story just from like pop culture. Um, I think I've also seen a Bollywood movie that's based Pride off of and Prejudice? it. Yeah. Yes, definitely seen that. <laughs> um, uh, I also never saw Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Oh, I actually honestly loved that movie. <laughs> really? Yeah. I remember the trailer coming out and being like, that looks awesome and some, like something that is not for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Bros is coming out. Yes. Uh, starring our close personal friend. Um, <laughs> uh, you know. Hold on. Billy Eichner. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. I was like William on the street. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, okay, I'm just going to say what how, how I'm thinking about this movie. And this is me pre-seeing this movie. But here is question that I have not for you necessarily just like about the world around the movie and I feel like you and I have had a version of this conversation in talking about Adele and Sam Smith where this movie has so many queer people involved with it it is honestly like the first in theaters gay like rom-com it's being produced by the people that did Forgetting Sarah Marshall and Bridesmaids. And it has like big people behind it. And yet I know like one gay person who's excited to see it or that is even remotely planning to go see it. The only kind of publicity for it that I've seen outside of their own press tour and like Billy Eichner speaking at various things 
is that like Twitter chain that went viral recently of Joel Kim Booster and Billy Eichner like being pinned against each other in a really weird way. And then there was another one that was dug up from like 2016 or something of Ross Matthews and Billy Eichner fighting for no reason. Oh, I didn't um, see that. But I'm like, that's really all I've seen outside of it. And I don't really understand what like what happens there or if it's a, a case of like things are can't be in queer until they're pushed out in a very like um what's the word I'm looking for like widespread way and that takes the quote-unquote queerness out of it I don't know I don't know that's the that's the thing that has been on my mind with Rose I just think it looks really like even though it like has a couple sex jokes and there's like apparently a scene where they're at a party, it to me just looks very sanitized and very like straight friendly. Mm-hmm. And so I'm interested to see, which I don't think Billy Eichner, like I, I personally don't like Billy Eichner, but I do respect his commitment to bringing queerness to every project he works on. And so I'm interested to see how he I'm, I'm just interested to see it I don't know I I was excited to see Fire Island I'm interested to see Bros. yes yes I'm also very curious what what the actual plot of the movie is I feel like I've yeah. seen multiple versions of trailers over the last year or so and if somebody came up to me right now and was like what is it about I would say ah Uh, it's about Billy Eichner and like another guy. (laughs) Yeah. And there are some other people in it. Yeah. Um, So verdict is still out on bros. Um, We'll let you know when we see it. Speaking of um, (laughs) representation, I guess JK Rowling. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I'm going to let you take that one because I have made it clear that I hate her and I think she should die. Here's the, I, I feel like this conversation has elevated since, I, uh, I feel like this is not the first time that we've talked about this on the podcast and the situation has elevated in the last few years um, by her, <laughs> which yes. is something that I really didn't expect to see necessarily. I'm realizing there are so many layers to this that I want to talk about. The thing that I think is the worst part of it is how she is no longer just somebody who has a really terrible, shitty opinion. It is like perpetuating an idea of erasure in a very literal way of large communities, specifically the trans community, obviously. And the exclusion and like devalidation and that is like some, like to me at least, that that is way shittier than just somebody who is transphobic. Like she's actively using her platform in that way instead of just being like caught saying something bad or like maybe secretly has like a bad opinion about something. And that's the most jarring to me as like somebody who was a childhood, (laughs) like long-term fan. And it has been very complicated because obviously I still love Harry Potter so much. And we, we had the third fantastic beast movie 
come out in the during our hiatus, which was supposed to feature the first gay mention for Dumbledore and his relationship with Grindelwald, now not played by Johnny Depp, <laughs> <laughs> which we will not talk about. Yeah. Um, I know everyone's been dying to hear us address the Johnny Depp Amber Heard situation, but we will not be doing it. <laughs> no, that's a... That's something I barely even liked to watch. And the moment was so insignificant. It was 45 seconds into the movie. It was a maybe two lines recognizing that that was a thing that like we all should have known the whole time. And it's clear that that is such a strong part of the story, but they still won't let it fully be that. It almost felt like they were, it almost felt like they made the entire movie and then we're like, ah, fuck, we really should like put something in there. And they were like, yeah, let's call him back, do a quick reshoot of just these two actors and tagging on at the beginning of a movie so that everybody can shut up for like once. And it was just enough for us to be like, well, they did it. Like it's there. You can like go watch it on YouTube, but it's still, it's still not it. And her being such I mean, she writes those movies. I mean, she co-writes them, but she writes those movies. And so to see like, to see some Harry Potter fans see those moments and be like, wow, she's like being progressive in the gay community, but still tearing down the trans community sucks. Because I'm like, while these things are not equal in that she's completely demolishing the trans community from her perspective and she's giving air quotes, <laughs> the gay community, like validation and these characters being gay feels so weird and hard for me to wrap my brain around. And the fact that then the gay representation also sucks, <laughs> like just shows that there's nothing, there's nothing there and nothing to cling on to. And it's so much of the antithesis of what I mean, I'm going to speak for both of us, what we got as kids reading those books, that it's really disappointing to see. However, on the total flip side, I, as a Harry Potter fan, really love that the Harry Potter fans in the world have like ripped themselves apart from JK and really yeah. pushed her out of the world, even to the point that since the hiatus, we also had the Harry Potter reunion in which JK Rowling was not a part of. They did include like videos of her from previous interviews that we've all seen and that have been on countless DVD extra features, but there was no new content. And that to, that to me was one of the first steps of Warner Brothers being like, we get it. Like she's out and we're yeah. moving on. Um, we have Hogwarts Legacy coming out, which I'm mm. very excited about. But even when you go watch it, 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 you can tell in the trailer for the game that it is decidedly not J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter. And I've talked to people before about like how the rights were reserved because I was like, I'm not going to give J.K. Rowling 80 of my dollars. <laughs> so I do like that it, there has been a separation and that uh, you and I went to go see Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. See, I told you there are so many layers to this. Um, we went to go see Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, one of the worst shows on Broadway that uh, I have now unfortunately seen too many times, but um, is magical and like <laughs> does exist in the world. Um, 
when we went to go, like, I remember we were walking and the ushers had like pronoun pins on and just these little ways that Harry Potter fans are kicking Jake Rowling out. Okay. Okay. That's how I feel. (laughs) Okay. Next. (laughs) (laughs) So our next news story is a sort of a current one because it hasn't happened yet, which is that Angelica Ross from Pose is playing Roxy Hart in Chicago on Broadway. She is the first trans actress to play a lead role on Broadway. And I'm excited and good for her. And I just found out that she dates women, which is pretty exciting. I love that she did openly tweet about her dates. Yeah, she was like, I just want, for those who didn't see, she tweeted like, I just went on a great date with a gorgeous black woman hoping for another date. And I was like, I hope she, I hope the woman doesn't see that. I have a hot take about her being in Chicago. Okay. Everybody put your seatbelts on. Click. She's a Velma. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She's a Velma. And even in the promotional footage of her, which is sickening, she's a Velma. (laughs) And that's, that is my only, that is my only opinion. I'm so glad that we have her on Broadway now. And that, right, that would make currently like today, not like in the upcoming season, two like non-white trans women on Broadway. L. Morgan Lee and her. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm sure that there are more. I know that we have a lot more representation on Broadway in the non-binary community, which is actually really cool. But to see this and especially Angelica being like who she is and in the right, I feel like Angelica is like right behind MJ and like the rise to fame out of pose Yeah, that this is happening. And, you know, her that lip sync that she does at the end of season two yeah. um well when she dies right yeah wow spoiler <laughs> i mean if you haven't seen it then go download postcast and listen what song is it is it never can say goodbye i can't remember is it a diana ross song um, i don't i don't remember never knew love like this before yes yeah like she was serving and i yeah. i i i mean after a show i mean I love Chicago so much, but sometimes, you know, they have celebrities that go in who are celebrities. Yeah. And that's where I'll leave that. And so I'm excited to see somebody who is a performer to go. Like, I'm sure that her Roxy, like the song is chef's kiss. You're so right that she's a Velma though. Like she should be playing Velma. And the only reason she's not is because they don't want to put a trans actor in like an evil role, even though Velma isn't really evil. Well, I'm also like, maybe, I mean, Roxy is the easier dance role. Like I want to say her her most intricate dancing is maybe my baby and me, but that's just a lot of like movement and isolation. Not like I I cannot do it alone or whatever that song's called. Like I can see, I can see them not having like a, a simpler version of, of that. Not saying that Angelica can't dance. But we don't know if she can. Yeah, this is also her first, it, and correct me if I'm wrong, her first non-Ryan Murphy project since, because yeah, we, so. she's worked after Pose. We saw her in American Horror Story twice. Yeah. Um, but this is her first, like, step Outside up. Outside of Ryan Murphy world, yeah. Wow. Good for her. She's blooming. <laughs> she's blooming. <laughs> 
so then our next story is something that we don't really know a lot about. Carl Nassib, who is the first openly gay NFL player. Mm -hmm. Um, My opinion is good for him. (laughs) Same. And, um, you know, I don't know this man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry to this man. Um, (laughs) However, I will say that with how hard and difficult it must be to come out in professional sports like that with the fan base that follows professional sports yeah to come out now in this kind of new age of what that is um without getting too (laughs) into it it almost feels like it means even more now and that it is like an even stronger statement and i can only hope that there are more gays in football. And you know what? Maybe this is how the NFL gets gay men to watch football. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe it's time for all football players. <laughs> <laughs> I would go. I would be a New York Mets fan. I would I would be a Baltimore Ravens fan. <laughs> I think the Mets are baseball. Oh, you're so right. <laughs> Me, the sports expert. <laughs> Thanks so much, everyone. Well, I guess a league of their own did happen. <laughs> yeah. And now all I care about is baseball. <laughs> Who do we have? The New York um... Giants. Oh, yeah. I can't believe. <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> Season ticket holder. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would be I would become a Giants fan if great if there were even more. Also, like, can you imagine that? OK, I have to. We have to move on. <laughs> OK, well, speaking of. NFL men who have come out. This story is for me. I'll, I'll take this one. Don't worry. Okay. Colton Underwood, star oh. of The Bachelor. Jesus Christ. <laughs> came out as gay. Now, Colton is not the first person in the series to be a member of the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. That was Katie from Peter's season. Um, but she sort of flew under the radar. Is she did she come in and she was like, oh yeah, I'm bye. And everybody was like, okay. And then she left. Yeah. She basically okay. she went home like week two or three. Gotcha. But yeah. I remember she was she came in and she was like, on the first night, she was like, and I'm bisexual. And my roommate and I were like, <gasps> finally. And then nothing was made of it. Um it wasn't Peter's season. No, it no, Robert, it wasn't Peter's season. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, it mu- it was the season before Peter. Was it Nick? It was Colton. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Colton season also featuring Billy Eichner. <laughs> yeah. Colton season, <laughs> queer icons. So we had Katie and then we had Demi, who obviously fans of the podcast know a lot about because we did Demi Watch uh, mm-hmm. 2019. 2019? 2020? No, 2019. Yeah. Um, and then now there's Colton Mm -hmm. and then there is someone from Clayton's season named Elizabeth who came out as bisexual um and she's very hot so I'm excited about that and she went to pride which is why she didn't go to paradise it's because she wanted to be in New York City for pride but also because (laughs) Shanae was going to be there (laughs) and she and Shanae had a falling out um that was shrimp gate for those oh who remember um (laughs) shrimp fingers no that's scallop fingers oh scallop <laughs> this is shrimp gate this is something else gotcha you haven't been watching so you don't get to comment on this that's true i have not seen the last <laughs> two seasons so 
Oh, I guess, wait, we also had a bisexual bachelorette in Australia. Yes. And I didn't really keep up with that. Me neither. I, you know, I didn't hear anything about it. Maybe it's time we do that. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe, maybe on our Patreon, we'll look into that. Um, Plug patreon.com slash one more thing. But yeah, so Colton came out and he's now engaged. He's engaged (gasps) to a man. He, yeah, he started dating this man. Yeah. (laughs) Should I pause? (laughs) So in the time that I've been single, Colton has been on The Bachelorette, had his own season of The Bachelor, been creepy and been canceled, Mm -hmm. come out had a documentary drop on Netflix and a book. (laughs) Yeah. And get engaged. Okay. Continue. (laughs) Yeah. So he's engaged to a man he's only known for like a year, which is whatever. But when I was researching for this episode, I learned that he came out because he was blackmailed because a fan saw him at a gay sauna and took a picture and threatened to release it if he didn't come out. Whoa, I didn't know that. Isn't that crazy? First of all, I feel a couple ways about that. First of all, it's dangerous and you should never out somebody. It's one of the worst things. I feel like that's like rule number like one or two of like the gay agenda. (laughs) Um, Even when you celebrate pride, you're also celebrating all the people that are in the closet. Like you just... You just don't do it. However, on the other side, I do think, like, we've talked about it before, that, like, people with certain platforms and certain levels of celebrity within certain groups should (laughs) use that in order to help other people find that in themselves. So method, wrong, terrible. I hope that, and I hope that Colton would have come out anyway. I think he would have eventually but i i feel terrible for him knowing that still haven't watched the documentary and um what and I sauna i would love to meet him there <laughs> he, lo- he lives in la that, that's fine <laughs> i've got money for a plane ticket so then oh. next is i don't really know anything about this i just found it on a article um, Quinn is the first non-binary slash trans Olympic medalist. Oh, cool. I do love the Olympics. You do love the Olympics. So do you know anything about Quinn? I don't. Okay. Well, <laughs> and I'm sorry. And I, I am sorry to Quinn. I do remember those articles coming out and, and I remember I was talking about it with you and Nancy and it was cool. Um, I only really follow specific sports in the Olympics, but that's exciting. Yeah, they were, they're, or they are, I assume, a soccer player. So good for them. Love. Yeah. And they're Canadian. Oh, Canada. (gasps) Yay, North America. (laughs) Yeah, we did it. (laughs) Fuck the queen. Okay. Next. (laughs) That is Jay's opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Um, so next is monkeypox. Okay, yeah, so monkeypox. Monkeypox. What do you have? Do you have anything you would phone. like to say about about monkeypox? Just that it's sweeping the nation, and <laughs> this that just in. This, we can exclusively report that monkeypox is sweeping the nation, um, Gosh. and that I don't know a lot about it, but I know 
but I, but I know, I do know that seems like gay men are getting it. So. Okay. Yes. So here's what I'll say. <laughs> okay. Um, I know people who have had it. It is very painful and very dangerous. If you are out there and think that you need the vaccine, go get vaccinated. I have one dose of the vaccine. I'm waiting for them to contact me about my second. They're prioritizing first doses right now. So I haven't received my notification that I'm allowed to get a second dose yet. Um, it is very easy to catch it. So like protect yourself and be careful and also know what those things are. Um, I will say that it, there are two things that have really stuck out to me about it. First was trying to get my first dose of the vaccine felt like, and I do, I'm in no way comparing monkeypox to COVID, but I feel like COVID really created um, a certain dynamic around signing up for vaccine doses that feels like trying to get Harry Styles concert tickets where mm-hmm. it just is something that is impossible that there, and yet there is no other way to do it. <laughs> and I remember sitting on my rooftop with my roommates and one of my roommates, boyfriends frantically hitting the refresh button, like trying to get it. Um, the other thing is that the media following of it was so light and not really filled with a lot of information or education about it, that it was my first instance of the like gay community reaching out to be like, hey, this is a thing that is happening. Here's how you get it. Here are the resources, spread this to whoever. I have friends who, or I have friends and, and people that I randomly met through the summer who have like Excel spreadsheets in their, link in bio that just have like information on how to get vaccinated and like the symptoms and stuff like that. Because at the time that it really started spreading, at least here in New York, um, it was really hard to just like even go find the truest actual information, um, which was definitely scary. But here we are, a lot of people that I know are vaccinated. I don't, I don't think I know anybody who only, who doesn't have a dose at all. Um, and well, a gay men that would like, yeah, um, be eligible because I don't, I still don't think it's open for like all eligibility. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the thing that's happening. Oh, I'll let you take this one. Yeah. So something that's happening in the lesbian community is that since we have been on hiatus, lesbian bars have been closing left and right. And now there are only either 21 or 24, I couldn't find a for sure statistic, lesbian bars left in the United States. There are two in Manhattan and one in Brooklyn. So we're fine. But everywhere else, they're just like gone and they're disappearing. And there's something called the Lesbian Bar Project, which I believe was started by Rosie O'Donnell. Um, oh my gosh. But I my new wrong. TikTok follower, Rosie I O'Donnell. <laughs> We can exclusively report that Rosie O'Donnell is following Robert on TikTok. Mm-hmm. It happened at like 3 a.m. her time. So I just imagine her like in bed with the lights off scrolling TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, and wow. Wait. Rosie O'Donnell, League of Their Own lesbian bar owner. Right. But 
for oh spoiler alert for those who haven't seen a league of their own the new series um rosie o'donnell plays a lesbian bar owner it's sad i say having been to a lesbian bar exactly once in my life but once like once i feel more comfortable like going to places unmasked or masked i want to try to go to a lesbian bar i just don't I mean, we've talked about it so many times on the podcast. It's like boring at this point, but I have severe social anxiety. And so it's hard for me to go to bars, but yeah, I just think it's really sad. And they're, they're trying to open one in Queens, which is where I live called Dave's lesbian bar. Yeah. And I have done like a little bit of volunteering for them, but then I got too anxious and had to stop. But yeah, I just think it's really sad that we're losing our spaces and we're losing our communities, but I simultaneously think that I wish the queer community in general had more spaces that weren't bars that were like One, bookstores, yeah. cafes, just like places to chill because a, you can't go to a bar during the day. Well, I mean, you can, but there's not going to be anyone there really B if you don't drink alcohol or if you're like getting sober or like for any number of reasons, bars can be hard for people. And also, like, I just want places that that don't feel like bars. Mm-hmm. So everyone listening, go open a lesbian bookstore in your community and I will come do it and do an event. I promise you that if you open a, I promise, I swear, <laughs> if you open a lesbian bookstore anywhere in the United States of America, I will come to it and I will do an event and I'll bring Robert. Don't rope me into that. Promise. <laughs> That's a big promise. We're going to get emails from all of the existing lesbian bookstores that are going to be like, Jake, come <laughs> here. I wish I could tangibly retweet everything you just said. Okay. I know I, I was thinking about it the other day. I, I was looking, I'm looking to expand my world of, this is so boring, of gay coffee table books. And I was like, I hate going into bookstores being like, do you have like gay coffee table books? <laughs> I wish yeah. that I could just go to a bookstore and buy them. Yeah. Um, such a simple way <laughs> of saying exactly what you just said. Um, and, oh, our, I guess our last, there are, I mean, I'm sure there are, so many other things that happened insignificant and significant (laughs) but speaking of books yeah so red white and royal blue is being made into a movie with a fantastic team behind it they just wrapped filming recently i assume that we'll see it on amazon prime in the next year i wouldn't be surprised if it's a summer movie next year tbd if it's released in theaters i think it would be really cool if it was but i'm anticipating that that is not what's going to happen i agree i think it'll be straight to amazon casey mcquiston who we had on the podcast has also released another book actually two new books oh yeah one last stop and i kissed sarah wheeler both of which are sapphic novels oh While Red, White, and Royal Blue is a penile novel. I don't know. <laughs> and I and, it, <laughs> and Casey has hinted that there will be a future like spin-off book featuring the one character that you loved from June. I think right? so. June. Like the, the one that's like probably a the lesbian. Hot sister. Oh, um, the hot it, friend. Yes, it'll be the hot friend and the hot sister. 
and that we'll get like an update on where the two lovebirds are. <laughs> no, I did just buy the collector's edition hardback of Red, White, and Royal Blue because I don't have a copy and it is signed by Casey. She did not dedicate it to me. I fully okay. bought it. <laughs> oh, oh, right. Another thing that has happened since <laughs> <laughs> we can exclusively report. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> they I I I lost it. <laughs> they didn't um dedicate it to you. They they Oh yeah, I I I fully bought it. I don't know. I'm really curious to see the casting wild. Uma Thurman? Oh my Yeah. Mind mind blown. <laughs> really. Shocking. Excited that it's being directed and written for the screen by Matthew Lopez to see you know what else he has going on. I can't wait to see like the rest of his work now that we are behind the inheritance yeah which we have talked about on a podcast before and those are your top 10 lgbt moments since our last episode i guess well there's an 11th there is an 11th news story how to begin well folks she's got covid <laughs> And by she, I don't mean me, and I don't mean Robert. I mean Leah Michelle. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So Leah Michelle is in Funny Girl <laughs> Broadway, and we went to her first performance. We spent so much money and got what the usher told Jay were the best seats on Broadway mm-hmm. for Leah Michelle's first performance. I have never felt the walls of a theater shake the way that they did of people just losing their minds over this truly magnificent performance. Yes. I would say Leah Michelle has already had a long lasting career, but really a career redefining. Oh, absolutely. Performances, Fanny Rice and Funny Girl on Broadway that she did for four performances before she got COVID. Before she got COVID. Yes. (laughs) Um, I would like it known (laughs) that while there is a tweet out there that says that some twink with opera gloves started the standing ovation for Lee Michelle, that may be true. I'm not discrediting that tweet. But what I will say is that that tweet, that that twink was probably sitting in the orchestra because I mm-hmm. <laughs> started the standing ovation for Lee Michelle in the balcony. Um, she really was out of this world. And, you know... I'm I I feel so much closure with it. Yeah. Not only with not only with her career of just I feel like her entire career is kind of built around this idea of her playing Fanny Bryce and Funny Girl on Broadway. Um, but I feel so much closure with this. Um, and she really is back and at her peak. Could not be more proud (laughs) and happy for her yeah yeah if you want to know more about how we felt about her first performance and how we're feeling regarding um everything that happened with her first performance and such you can subscribe to our patreon at patreon.com slash one more thing and we will have an episode out about it soon when you subscribe to our patreon what you will not find is the original video. Now we've gotten a lot of DMs 
a lot of Patreon messages, a lot of new Patreon subscribers saying, where is the video? We want the video. Like you have to put it back up. It's private. And we, we could exclusively announce <laughs> that it will never be online again. And I, I just want to echo that with, there are a lot of comments on online, specifically on TikTok, of people being like, the video is on their Patreon. And then we have people coming and becoming Patreons, which obviously everybody should be a Patreon. Yeah. We are, I'm not saying don't not become a Patreon, but um, if you do become a Patreon, know that we have put this message in so many places now that if you become a Patreon for the video and then are upset that the video is not there anymore, there's nothing we can do to help you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we have definitely come to a point where this joke is no longer ours. And um, we have moved on. Yep. And that's the last time we'll ever talk about her publicly. So. Okay. Hopefully. Wow. <laughs> hopefully. Well, hopefully nothing else happens. Yeah. And I, I mean, we have first and foremost always been and yeah, always have always have been Leah Michelle super fans as Entertainment Weekly once put us. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So moving on, <laughs> moving on from that, um, we're coming to the end of this episode, kind of. So we want to talk about how, like what's going on this season, how this season is going to work. So including this episode, there will be nine episodes total, except for this episode and the last episode, all of the episodes will have guests. So um, exciting. And they're, they're some fucking cool guests. Yeah. It's, it's really exciting. Um, now we have been recording the season for a full year. Um, so some of the episodes were recorded uh, like a year ago. And so for those episodes, there will be little introductions uh, where we just really quickly say, like, we recorded this a year ago. Here's what these people are up to now, um, etc. Uh, what else? Patre- oh, Patreon subscribers. If you're watching this on Patreon, you already know this, but Patreon subscribers will get full, uncut um, video. The laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you said penile. Um We'll get full uncut video recordings of the episodes so you can watch if you want to. I, I know some people prefer to like watch podcasts, so we're doing that. Um, I actually, I actually do just putting in my two cents, not trying to sell our Patreon at all. Like, I actually prefer watching them, so that's great. Yeah, I famously hate podcasts, so <laughs> I don't listen to it. <laughs> but something really exciting about this season is that we have the return of our book club. And the return of our movie club. So for our book club, we have Larkin Kasim's Start a Revolution by Kaysen Callender. And that episode is coming out two weeks from today. That episode will come out on September 26th. Um, and the book comes out September 27th. So you can go get the book and listen to the episode where we talk about it and then read along with us. And it'll be really fun. And then the movie club will come out on October 31st. So it's a spooky movie club. And we will be watching They Slash Them, the queer, quote unquote, horror movie. Mm-hmm. And we will be discussing it with Narupam, our new friend, who is on social media at Huge Ass Mammoth Films. And we're really excited about that because we, I haven't seen the movie yet. I haven't seen the movie yet either. And I am a huge fan 
of our guest, they made a Leah Michelle TikTok a few years ago. And it, it honestly was one of the first ones that made me laugh. I think I even duetted it on my personal TikTok. So excited. So excited. And that movie has had a lot of conversation around it. So I'm sure it's going to be a great episode. That's actually a great transition to do a little bit of plugging um, before we move into our game for this episode. Cause it, we have been recording for an hour, but you know what? This is the premiere. Who cares? You guys are going to listen. It's the, it's um, our first episode in two years. <laughs> yeah. We've got a lot to say. We've mentioned our Patreon. It's on patreon.com slash one more thing. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and maybe TikTok at one more thing with an A because I was taken as you know, if you've been listening for a while, you can follow me at Hey Junt, H-A-Y-E-J-U-N-T on all social media and Robert at um, Robert E. Ack on, yeah, all social media. I'm starting to be a Twitter person. I'm trying really hard. You've been retweeting a lot. I have, I'm, I'm a big retweeter. You are a big retweeter. <laughs> I'm so nervous about putting my own words on there, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying. (laughs) And I have Twitter notifications on for Robert. Makes me so anxious. (laughs) (laughs) So I know what's going on. I will say not to toot my own horn. My retweets are good. (laughs) Your retweets are good. I don't understand some of them, but the ones I understand are good. Perfect. Okay. So now it's time for the game of the episode. So here are all the celebrities who came out as LGBTQ in 2021. And we're going to play a real quick, just immediate hot or not for them. Okay, great. Okay. So first up is this person, Abigail Thorne. Hot. Hot. There's something very inviting. Alexandra (gasps) Ship. Oh, hot. Hot. And she's dating her stunt double. (gasps) Oh, that's actually, that's kind of hot. Angel Olsen. Hot. I'm gonna I mean I yeah hot yeah 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 okay Aquinas I'm gonna say not hot but adorable yeah not not like hot but cute oh who is this Becky Hill I say hot very hot she looks (laughs) like somebody from Bachelor in Paradise she does oh here's Carl Nassib yeah hot I mean objectively yeah hot Kara Cunningham hot yeah, hot. She's the leave Britney alone person. Oh, <gasps> Elvira. Hot. Hot. Iconic. Oh, I forgot that that happened. Hot. Yeah. Oh, Colton Underwood. I mean, hot. Yeah, hot. Especially while he was a bachelor. Corey Walsh. Not. Not. I so, I don't know this man. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Courtney Stodden. I love them. Hot. Ooh, hot. Friday. Fe- oh, Chim- Chimago. Which one? I assume this one. I say um, hot. I love yeah, sunglasses. I'll say hot. Chris Stuckman, not to me. Hmm. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> oh, that was so mean. <laughs> oh, David Archuleta. Okay. Okay. This is complicated. I have to be smart with this answer. Not hot. Okay. I'll agree with you because apparently I, I feel like I, I should. <laughs> I voted for David Archuleta a lot when he was on American Idol. I had such a big crush on him. So him being out is huge for me, but, and he is adorable. I had such a crush, but, but I I feel like I have to say not hot. Okay. Oh, Demi Lovato to me, not because of her personality. 
I'm going to say hot because I loved her and Santana on Glee. True. Dehenna Davison. I'm going to say hot. I think hot. She's a Tory NPO. Oh, what? <laughs> Wait, <I'm> what? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait. Remind me what that is because I have it in my mind as something that I I hope is not it. What do you think it is? Isn't Tory like what JK Rowling is? Yeah. So then what is MP? Member of Parliament, like a senator here. Okay. Okay. So so okay, not hot. Yeah, okay. We don't know anything about British politics. Okay. Devin Ibanez. I say um, hot. I'm going to say not hot. You don't like a lot of hair, apparently. Eduardo Letit. I was going to say hot, but the name really turned me off. Um, but I'll say hot. Okay. What, Letit? You don't like Letit? Yeah, something about it. Not for me. Well, it's actually not Letit. I'm seeing it's late. Or late. Uh, uh, I don't know if that's better. Okay. I'm saying not as well. Ooh. Oh, I said hot in the end. Ella Just... Hunt. Not because I have strong feelings about her name. Oh, sure. That would that would turn me off of somebody as well. Um, I'm going to say hot. Okay. Emma Corrin. Hot. Hot. Huge Emma Corrin fan. <laughs> Ezra Furman. I say hot. Yeah, I'm going to say hot as well. Gabby Tuft. Oh, right. The WWE girl. I oh, wait. Not. I didn't know about this. I'm going to say yeah. not hot, but I didn't know anything about this. Yeah, she's trans. <gasps> wow. Amazing. Um, Gigi Good. So hot. She so hot. hot. A little problematic, but she's learning. Oh. Okay. Not problematic in a canceling way, just problematic in an uneducated way. Ooh, Gigi Gorgeous. I love her. She's hot. Love Gigi Gorgeous. Love um, Gigi Gorgeous and Got Mick. Just so great. Wait, are they dating? No, but they're like best friends. They like oh. have merch together. Like they, yeah, they're like a pair. Haley Vernon. I'm going to say not say hot. Not. Yeah. But yeah, who is this? She's from Married at First Sight, Australia. Hmm. Hikaru Utada. I say hot. I say hot as well. Hugh Sheridan. I already know what you're going to say. Yeah, I'm gonna. I mean, I you can't think. <laughs> I say hot uh, as well. Yeah, it, unless that's a rosary. Oh, it is a rosary. It is a rosary. Oh my, yeah, sure. I'll I'll stay with hot, but oh, bisexual and non-binary. Cool. Nice, Irma Testa. Love that name. Very hot. Very hot. Wow, bronze medalist. Jack Dunn. Not. I love rugby players, but this is not hot. Not for me. Jack Dylan Grazer. Looks familiar. I did not know this. I did not know this. Nancy Joe, if you're listening, this is for you. <laughs> he's from Euphoria. No, maybe he's not. Maybe I'm lying. I don't know who he is, but I'm going to say not hot. Okay, not hot either. Jen Atkin, Miss Great Britain. Hot. Yeah, hot. Josh Cavallo. Not okay, not hot. hot. Like his beard. No, take it away, Jay. Jojo Siwa, not hot. Not hot, obsessed though. Yeah. 
Oh, Joshua Bassett. I mean, he's a child. He is a child. I mean, he's not, but like, he's a child. <laughs> Julian Morris. Hot. Hot. Oh, uh, what's his name? Cal Penn. Hot. Yeah, hot. Kaylee Bryant. I'm so sorry about this photo, Jay. <laughs> yeah, wow, hot. <laughs> yeah, hot. Kalani, yeah, she's hot. Very hot, very hot. Love the tattoos. Kieran Lovegrove, basketball player. Hot. We're only at the K's. Chris Marshall. Hot. Hot. Laganja Estranja. You know, hot. Hot. I think I remember her from We Rag Race. Controversial. Larry Saperstein. Abby Davis, the designer of our key art, went to school with him. So cute. Such a child. Yeah, he's a child. I mean, he's in college, but like a child. Lily Cole. Hot. Hot. (gasps) I forgot about her. Leo Tipton. They're hot. Hot. They look so familiar. They're from um, America's Next Top Model and Crazy Stupid Love. Luke Prokop. Hockey boy. Not hot. Oh. Wow, here's the difference, everyone. <laughs> Maddie Hassan, hot. Hot. Very much my type. The, the blonde hair with the dark eyebrows is very Jay Hun. Yeah. Oh, Mae Whitman. I didn't know that. Good for her. I didn't know either. Hot. Hot. Marco Lehman. I'm going to say not hot. Yeah, not hot. Marvin Cortez. Not hot. Not hot. Also, these pictures are way too big. Matilda Freeman looks 12. Yeah. Mr. Grimm. Um, Honestly, yeah, um, hot. Not hot, but I would not say no. Okay. Nats, oh, Nats Getty. Um, not hot. Yeah, not hot. Nikki Hills. Um, I say hot. Yeah, I'm feeling the vibe. Olivia Ponton. Hot. Hot. Love a puka shell necklace. Yeah. Raymond Gutierrez. Hot. Yeah, hot. I love those arms. I no comment. <laughs> Roberto Manrique. Um, hot. Hot, yeah. Ronan Rubenstein. Right. Um, hot. Hot, yeah. Shakina Nafak. Oh, I didn't. Okay. I'm gonna say hot. not hot. You don't think Shakina's hot? No. Now they're never gonna come on the podcast. <laughs> Sean Bennett. Not hot. TJ Osborne. I forgot about him. Hot. Hot. Theo Caro. Mm, I'm going to say not hot. I'm going to say child. Yeah. Here she is, Tommy Dorfman. Right. I'm going to say not hot. I'm going to say not hot. Oh, God. Trisha fucking new, Paytas. New mother. <laughs> new mother. <laughs> new mother to the reincarnated queen of England. I mean, I feel like I have to say hot, but yeah. I mean, not hot. <laughs> Just skipping. Um, Uche Mat- Maduagu. Scroll up, scroll up. Not hot, but adorable. Yeah, I agree. Who is this? Vesta Lug. Vesta Lug is a good name. She's hot. I'm going to say not hot. Okay. Oh, who is this? Yeah, Tiddy Badaki. Hot. Hot, definitely. Oh, that's it. (gasps) I haven't heard of 90% of these people. Me either. Wow. I cannot believe that we just finished our first episode of season five, five golden rings. Yep. (laughs) That's how many days of Christmas we've had. We're so excited to bring you season five. We've been working on it for so long and we are so excited for people to actually hear these episodes that honestly, we had a lot of fun putting together and we 
we sat down when we scheduled, when we decided to do season five and we thought about what the the episodes we were, we wanted to do were, we really were like, we want this episode to be full or this season to be full of episodes that we want to make that like bring us joy and that are exciting and fun. And I think we have done that. I agree. So get ready, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Get ready for a wild ride. And we can, we can exclusively announce that next week is our episode with Kevin McHale and Jen Oshkowitz. So be sure to be, I can't even talk. I'm so excited. Be sure to (laughs) help. Be sure to turn in. No, that's that's not even right even. (laughs) Be sure to tune in. It's like (laughs) the rain in Spain stays mainly on the plane. A Glee song. (laughs) Sung by Mark Sailing. So excited for next week's episode. We honestly, we have been holding on to this episode for so long. And it is, I'm out of my mind excited that it's finally going to be out there. (laughs) Me too. So I guess we'll see you next week. And to all of our Patreon subscribers who are watching this episode on patreon.com slash one more thing. Bye. Bye. One More Thing is produced by us, Jay and Robert, and also David Zimmerman. Thank you to Abby Davis for the artwork and Gotham Podcast Studios for housing our full season five. Yeah. Um, thank you, of course, of course, to our patrons over at patreon.com slash one more thing, where you can be a $1 patron or a $5 patron. $1 gets you a bonus episode every month. $5 gets you a bonus video every month. You can also PayPal us a one-time donation at number one more thing podcast at gmail.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts and give us a little rate and review while you're at it. And... You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at one more thing with an A because I indeed was taken. That's it. Bye. Bye.